The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to In Discussion. Brian Rockmore, founder and president of America's All Stars, has a strong vision to change the world for millions of students through character developing and community service projects. Joining us today, he also talks of the efforts to raise donations for the people of Haiti following the worst natural disaster in history. My guest today is the founder and president of America's All Stars, a nationally recognized organization devoted to changing the future for millions of students by fostering positive behavior, responsible citizenship, and academic success. The organization plans to help over 50 million students through immersion in community building projects leading to a healthy and meaningful future for them. Brian Rockmore, welcome to you. Well, thank you, David. We're just very excited about having an opportunity to share with your listeners about this exciting program to help young people nationwide. And we are uh, very, very pleased to have you here today, Brian. Uh, In this first program, and as explained to you before in in charting your progress as we move forward with, I hope, uh, subsequent programs in the future, what I'd like to do is uh, start off by uh, going back to the early days, to your childhood, and talking about that childhood and and how you saw things very differently in our society then uh, compared to how they are now. Well, um I think that one of the things that has motivated me to do the work that I'm doing is that I grew up in in an entirely different era. Um, I was born in 1946 in a small town called Orlando, Florida, and then Mickey Mouse arrived and things changed dramatically. But I I grew up when when there was a when when we never bothered to lock our doors. Uh, Things were just so different. Our friends would come by the house, they'd walk in the front door of the house and say, is anybody home? Uh, We had, our our community was our neighborhood, and uh, one of the mothers counted that there were 23 young people um, out uh, every day outside in Florida. We were playing softball or football. My mother was always upset because the front yard looked terrible because we were always playing and the grass was uh, torn up and everything. And we, we just had a great, wholesome upbringing. Uh, we we uh, didn't have much television back in the day and, and uh, obviously no internet. And, and it was just a completely different way of growing up. It was a wonderful time to grow up in America in the in the 50s and 60s. Was there, um, because we didn't have the media, uh, the television, etc., less complexity in the social realm even for children at that time than we see today? Well, you know, I, I absolutely think so. Um, I, I don't ever remember even thinking about those things as a child myself. It, it was just... Um, uh, 
to use a cliche, it was kind of like a father knows best type of of uh, childhood growing up, and we didn't have the concerns and the burdens of the of of some of the the, the violence that's taken place in some of our schools, and and of course the media today. Um, there's so much violence in, in the media that was never, um, you know, we, we we were just never exposed to that as children. What were the uh, social uh, capabilities back in those days with the traditional Boy Scouts and the Girl Guides and the Brownies that that perhaps we might be missing today? Well, I think that most most young people, myself included, were involved at one time or another with uh, Cub Scouts, and then and then in the case of the boys, we became Boy Scouts, or it was the Brownies became Girl Scouts, and it was sort of a given that um, that that all young people would be involved in those activities, and uh, for those who maybe didn't have a scout troop nearby. Uh, they might be involved in a boys' club or a girls' club, and there were many, many uh, after-school activities to keep young people occupied. Uh, the expectations, I suppose, today of children uh, are very high. Um, are they unreasonably high that that is uh, arrived because uh, there is uh, social media, there, there are the Facebooks and the, the MySpaces, and do you think that those expectations are unrealistic? Well, I think that when we, when we put academic expectations on our young people, I think in many cases they will rise to the challenge. And we have found that uh, research documents that if we can make young people uh, feel accomplished and feel important, and I, I refer to it as feel like heroes, if we can uh, let the young people feel like heroes on the inside, they will act like heroes on the outside. So if we look back, especially to the my childhood days and the early 60s onwards, you know, back then you had the apprenticeships, you had manufacturing and agriculture and so many other vocations. And there wasn't necessarily the pressure for children to feel that they had to go through the academic um, uh, structure. Uh, do you think that that is something in your world that you see that, that they are missing, that they don't have those opportunities anymore to be able to use those hands, uh, to be able to be creative and not to have to go through the academic uh, environment to succeed? I, I think you're, you're absolutely correct. What, what has happened is we have... Uh, almost like two tracks now. Either you you go to college, or or you become by by default uh, almost like a um, a, a lesser <laughs> a lesser person. And I remember when I was in high school, and uh, I graduated from high school in 1965. We had a woodworking shop where uh, where I where I think we all had a chance to to take that class and learn how to work. With our hands and to make things, uh, there was a uh, uh, another shop for people who were interested in learning uh, auto mechanics and auto repair. And there were just so many opportunities and so many after-school jobs that would 
were uh, available to young people where they could actually learn a skill or a talent. And that's one of the things that we are wanting to, to implement through America's All-Stars is an apprenticeship program that would serve two purposes. One is it would help develop the skills and the skill sets of, uh, of young people. And, and two, it would keep them occupied and keep them feeling good about themselves. And it would, it would uh, not leave so much leisure time where they might get involved in some kind of uh, undesirable behavior. Does that essentially have to come through leadership from the government in the future that although we may not have that manufacturing industry anymore and we may not have these cottage industries and, and you know, the need for electricians and woodworking, that it will still need to be recreated, rebirthed here so that at least uh, kids all the way up into their 20s at least have something that they can go to that they can work on and, and feel good about themselves? You know, there's there so many opportunities today that we're, we never had back in my day. There's so many uh, uh, things that young people can do with regard to uh, the graphic arts and, 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 you know, the web design and so many things that they can do with the uh, Internet and online other than just uh, spending time with uh, Facebook and MySpace. There's actually many uh, vocations and advocations that can be uh, done on online. And one of the things that we want to do as an organization is encourage uh, civic groups across America to and encourage the uh, small business owners to actually hire young people and with the intention of training them in, 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 a, in, in a very structured apprenticeship type of way. Are there any challenges or flaws to that objective, which is clearly um, a very noble one, given that small business has been hit so very hard by this economical meltdown that we're experiencing? Well, th this is true. However, when you think about it, David, uh, you can hire a young person for a much lower salary, um, and so it's not necessary... Uh, to to uh, hire some someone at a high salary, it's not necessary to hire somebody on a full time basis. But by 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 letting these young people get involved and learning the the discipline of showing up on time and dressing appropriately, and and uh, and, and and developing the the skills and and the people skills, if you will. Of, work, of the workplace, and there's just tremendous, tremendous uh, side benefits to engaging young people in after-school and evening activities. And and again, there's so the self-esteem movement was some some parts of that were very hollow, where you would pat somebody on the back just for kind of showing up. But there's nothing quite like the self-esteem that comes from doing a job well done and, and learning a skill and feeling accomplished because I've learned how to, to uh, you know, re repair that appliance or, or, or whatever that, that skill that they might have that, uh, that they might not 
might not even appreciate or understand until they had the advantage and the opportunity of, of getting involved in that apprenticeship operation. I'm supposing that that sense of self-dignity um, has to start at home, has to start with the parents. Um, how, as an organization, to, do you ensure that the parents have buy-in to what America's All-Stars is doing here, to, to ensure that that they push their children uh, down this road uh, as much as you do as as an organization? Well, that's, that is a huge challenge because if we have a captive audience in the, in the schools, kindergarten through 12th grade, and we have them there for several hours a day, and they leave the school and they go back into the environment that they have at home and maybe – Maybe it's a, a positive environment, but all, it may be a negative environment. There may be some situations going on at home that are not good. And so we are, we are wanting the parents to get involved. We're encouraging the parents to get involved, and we realize that that's vitally important. However, we, are, we realize that in many cases uh, there's not that kind of uh, support uh, at, 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 from the family, and so we want to provide things that are fun, exciting, thrilling for kids to get involved, and so they can feel like they are important, and they can feel like they can change the world by helping them, we, we say, stay clean, stay in school, and strive for excellence. Do, do, you, do you have any solutions with that? in so much that you can uh, pull the parents in themselves into these activities and, and perhaps even have the parents as involved in these things as their children, given that unemployment is so high that it's likely in these areas that the, the parents are not doing anything equally as much as the kids are. Well, many of the uh, pr projects and programs that we're doing are revolve around community service and community service projects that are promoted by celebrities and athletes maybe on a, a program like Good Morning America or or the Today Show or maybe even Oprah Winfrey and so the idea is is that the parents will get involved in helping provide the the uh, infrastructure if you will the opportunity help provide the opportunity for the young people to get involved in community service. So it's really exciting when we have the parents and the children, especially the younger ones, working together to make the world a better place, to make their community a better place. Uh, what sort of uh, communities are you involved in? Uh, is it across the board? Is it as much as urban communities as it is uh, um, communities uh, out in the countryside? I think that it's very much across the board. We've had inner-city schools. We've had schools from Bozeman, Montana to Boca Raton, Florida, as we say. And so, so the, the, um, the type of schools, the, the programs that we're doing seem to appeal to all types of schools across America. So uh, the, the way that America's uh, all-stars work... Uh, is by working very closely with education, not only in, in local arenas, but also at national level? We are a uh, nationwide uh, organization that does local events, and we encourage young people to come to our website 
to download how-to materials to organize uh, their fundraising events and other uh, community service projects that that they put on themselves. We there are a hundred and roughly one hundred eleven thousand, one hundred somebody said one hundred thirty thousand. If you include all the private schools, there's about one hundred thirty thousand schools in America. So there's no way that we, as an organization headquartered in Orlando, even though we are a nationwide organization, it's all web-based. And so it's just as easy for one school to get involved as it is for 100,000 schools. And this is what makes it so exciting is to have the Internet available, to have a website available where young people can come, they can get materials, and then they can organize their own events. And, and, and a lot of people refer to that as service learning, where they actually uh, learn from putting on a community service project. So where did these ideas initially come from, uh, Brian? Uh, where did the idea and the vision come from for America's All-Stars? Well, I, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in Orlando. I grew up in a family-owned business. We had My father had a, a small auto parts business, and I grew up uh, working uh, for him and many summers and vacations and I just loved working and so when I when I got into high school I became very involved in community service I was president of a of a um, of a high school service club and uh, then in college I helped start uh, a fraternity and, and there was a lot of different community service projects so I, I have found, and I think uh, research proves, that if you can engage a person in community service when they're very young, it, 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 it lasts up until they're old, like I am. <laughs> and so uh, the, uh, I think that it's been a part of my life since I was uh, very young, and it's one of the strategies of America's All-Stars is to get young people involved, even in kindergarten, letting them clean up a park or a playground or do something where they feel important about themselves and they feel that wonderful satisfaction that comes from helping others. In, in, in saying that and in looking at cleaning up parks, etc., is there some sort of vision as well here for you to uh, um, infuse them into or, or impress upon them the, the environmental problems that we face? Absolutely. We, we're wanting to encourage all young people to, to be aware of, of, of what's going on in our country, to, you know, to turn out the lights, to uh, get the uh, fluorescent light bulbs, and, and to, uh, you know, some of the projects that are, revolve around planting trees and just being socially conscious in, in an environmentally way as well. How does um, how do you intend in the long term to change the lives of children? Um, is is this a a big challenge here? Well, you know, it is. It's a, it, and it can be very discouraging. And uh, I, I can go into some of the schools and and the morale of the teachers and the morale of the students. It can be. It could. It, it could almost leave you without hope. Um, I'm a man of great faith in many respects, and so I believe that we can make a huge difference. And the exciting thing about what we're doing is that we have a we have a constantly changing audience. We have young people who are going through the educational system one grade at a time, and so something that we might do with a fifth grader 
uh, might not be appropriate for a seventh grader, but he becomes a seventh grader, and then um, and then he then he'll be in high school, and then there's a, a role for college students to play and coming back and mentoring and organizing events at their respective high schools, and so. We are uh, here in Orlando. We're very close to a very large university uh, that has 60,000 students, University of C- Central Florida, and we've already been working with the students. In fact, when we went over there, I spoke at a class of 23 students that did graphic design and, and, and told them we were looking for volunteers. 17 of the 23 students said, count me in. Now, given that you are relying heavily on the Internet uh, as this portal to, to bring people together, uh, what is the other strategy that actually puts people in front of each other? Um, the Internet is absolutely wonderful at uh, bringing people together on a wide scale, as is social media. But what is it that you that you plan ahead here to make sure that after that occurs that, that people get talking face-to-face? Well, that, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, David, because our programs are, are web-based only, only for getting the information and downloading the how-to materials. All of our activities are done locally where they organize a fundraising dinner with it, like we had something called the world's largest Thanksgiving dinner, which is a nationwide student run activity held the Thursday before Thanksgiving. Schools across America raised money for Katrina one year and, and uh this past year we were focusing on veterans and so the the activities and this is this is an exciting thing and I'm so glad you uh brought this up because it's something we don't think about, but the activities of America's All-Stars are community service activities, community service projects. So it gets the kids off the couch. It gets them engaged with other kids. They organize events, and they're not, they're not on our, 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 our programs are not online programs. The Internet is only a way, it's only a delivery mechanism. So given that you want to introduce skills and and I use this word very importantly trades uh, to these young people uh, given the uh, cutbacks in education and I've certainly seen this occur uh, in Great Britain uh, and we're seeing that occur here is it that you may have to take a more pivotal role in in providing the facilities of getting the investment of the private sector well, again, I want to go back to this idea of the apprenticeships. We, we believe that it's incumbent upon the private sector to reach out and to, to hire as many young people or provide interns uh, for maybe credit for young people. Uh, we provide internships through America's All-Stars. And so we, we definitely think it's a role uh, very much for the private sector uh, to step up and and uh, and engage these young people in in activities where they can learn a skill and they can feel really good about themselves. Does this mean that uh, 
industry leaders, and when I say industry leaders, I'm talking about the industry leaders from probably the top 300 nations, uh, uh, corporations in the world that, that possibly have a, a greater revenue than, than the GDP of many countries, themselves have to look uh, – uh, they have to look at themselves and, and have to see as leaders how they have to invest in this. Well, you know, I, I'm not sure that I have thought that all the way through. Um, I, I, I don't have a, uh, a clear picture for how a Fortune 100 company c- can be involved other than providing some internships. Um, I think it would be a, a, great, uh, a great thing for this great country of ours if, uh, corporations at the at the at the at the what I'll call the CEO level would encourage, for example, if you're a car dealer, maybe maybe the car dealers uh, would at the local level would hire young people and help them learn uh, the trade of, of, of working on cars, or or maybe uh, we already see this with uh, our our quick service fast, fast food restaurants where we're, where they hire so many young people, so many entry level people, and and train them in, in, in their various systems. So I think there is a role. I wish that I, and, and I think that hopefully someday we will be able to get the corporations to be more proactive in that area. What is it that you ultimately wish to create here, Brian? I, I know that you want to uh, impact the lives of 50 million children around the country. Do you see the organization, uh, given the, the possible uh, multi-faith barriers that you may have to, to take on here, do you see this being able to travel further than the borders of the United States? Oh, absolutely. Um, I was in Washington, D.C. Uh, several years ago, uh, there's a wonderful event up there that was started back in 1953 by President Eisenhower. It's called the National Prayer Breakfast, and it's very ecumenical and people of, of virtually all faiths. And uh, I spoke at an ancillary event the day before. The vice president of Peru heard me speak, and he, after I spoke, he introduced me to his cabinet, and he said, I'd like to invite you to Peru and to meet our president and, and to start, start uh, your program here. And he became very emotional, and he looked at me and he said, come. He said, please come. He said, because we're losing an entire generation of young people to drugs and gangs and violence. And he said, there's going to be no one to lead my country. And so uh, at that very moment, I could envision Peru's all-stars. And uh, so we, we hope to do England's all-stars with your help. And, and other countries are, uh, you know, ho- hopefully this will spread from head of state to head of state, and, and other countries are, are facing uh, challenges as well. As you may know, we have over 3,000 children, or I call them children, uh, mostly inner-city uh, gang-related, but there's many, there's 3,000 children that kill 3,000 children every year, and, and what's also worse is 4,000 children, you know, kill themselves, and and uh, so young people get very discouraged about what's going on, and 
And um, so we, we want to make these kids feel very important and feel like they don't have to get involved in, in various kinds of negative behaviors. What is the uh, reality currently in this country, um, especially in the urban areas with children? Uh, you are uh, very armed with information and experience as you, you travel through these areas. What is the extent to which we should be aware here of the problems that we have in these inner neighborhoods? Well, First of all, it's important to know that virtually if you speak with, with uh, gang members, virtually all of them will say, I do not want my younger sibling to be involved in a gang. So there's many people that, who feel that uh, gangs are kind of glamorous and that they feel a need for community and family, and they really are quite scary even for the gangs to be in their own gang under their own gang leader. So. We, we, see, uh, we see this as an opportunity to reach out to young people when they're very, very young and then bring them. I, I kind of sometimes jokingly say that we want to bring every child in America, every child in America, from kindergarten to first grade with no drugs. Okay, now that should not be a problem. Let's bring those same children, every child, to second grade, third grade, and twelfth grade. And we, we believe that we can change the world for these kids by engaging them in community service, ongoing community service projects that happen throughout the school year that make them make them feel like heroes and make them feel like, hey, I, I don't need to get involved in, with the gangs and the drugs and things like that because I'm a good kid. The Kellogg Foundation documented this. They said if you can make a child feel like a hero on the inside, he will act like a hero on the outside. Now, what to, with all that said, what does it take from the government to support this? Um, would you agree with me, Brian, that we are finding ourselves at this present time in a ridiculously desperate situation across the country? Um, does it does it take real government leadership, or does it take a profound individual to come along, uh, like Gandhi or somebody like that, to to really have an effect on the future generation? Well, I, I think you're probably, <laughs> David, you may be asking the wrong person because I am so uh, committed to the private sector. Uh, I, I, you know, we've not pursued government grants. Uh, we don't think it's the right message to the young people today that they need to de- depend upon the government for their salvation or whatever. We, we, we are looking very, very strongly to the private sector to step up and and make a change in the lives of these young people. It's, 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 it literally has to happen at the community level. It can't, you, you can't mandate these things to happen. You have to capture the imagination of that young person and make that young person feel important. Now, so can you tell me what that strategy is? It's terribly interesting. What is What are the benchmarks that you are placing out here that takes a kid who is in clearly in trouble for whatever reason it is and places them into a community effort with all the due diligence to ensure that they get from the beginning of it to the end of it a completely different kid who is now armed to... 
b- believe in truth, believe in ethics, and to be able to, to lead others in their community? Well, um, if we have a few more programs, I could probably expound upon that forever. But the, 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 we, we have the, what we call phase one and phase two. And, and uh, phase one is what I call we, we attract young people. So phase one is the community service, the different projects that we do that attract the young people to us to where they say, hey, what you're doing is really cool. In fact, they would probably use different terminology these days. But what you're doing is really cool. I would like to be a part of that. I feel good when I'm a part of that. I get to, I get to be a part of something that is doing good. It's like, it's like a, it's a, a, you might even call it a gang mentality, but it's, it's a good gang. It's, it's a worthwhile cause. But then phase two is where the rubber meets the road for all stars. And we have identified three nationally recognized companies that provide curriculum and activity character education curriculum in the classroom used daily by the teacher that teaches respect and responsibility and honesty and integrity and 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 really nurtures that does role playing teaches the meaning of respect and then gives the young people an opportunity to practice respect and uh, and responsibility and 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 so there's there's phase one is attract kids, phase two is teach character in the classroom. How has uh, this been taken up by the the teachers and the leaders and and the older kids in the community? What has their reaction been to this? Well, it's um, <laughs> it's quite difficult to penetrate the school system today. Um, the, the the teachers feel like they don't need one more thing on their plate. So we're focusing very strongly on creating a national uh, recognition of, of America's All-Stars and who we are, and so that they will invite us in. So the, so the member of a civic club or even a PTA or something will say, hey, I want this for my child and my school, and they will invite us in. The other thing is it is very... Uh, there's a paradox here. Young people, uh, teenagers in particular, are very, um, what I'll call, uninterested in character development, character education. What, my character? There's nothing wrong with my character, okay? However, they're passionate. The millennials, as they call them, sometimes they're known as Generation Y, people, young people born after 1980, they're passionate about community service. They want to give back. They want to make the world a better place. So they're not interested in character development. They are interested in community service. Adults, on the other hand, are kind of not too terribly interested in community service, but they're very passionate about developing character for their children to create a brighter, safer future for their children and for their grandchildren. So what we're doing is we're sort of bridging those two together our, our tagline for America's All-Stars is building character by serving others. And so that's what we're all about. Now, um, most recently, and I'm sure that we don't want to touch on this for too much, but it, it's certainly uh, a consideration in showing kids here in the States 
uh, how n- natural um, uh, occurrences can 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 happen to to displace so many people, as in Haiti. Is this something that that uh, can be? Uh, um, placed into the scenario so that it becomes a tool so that uh, the kids can um, help uh, people in dire circumstances abroad? You know, that's, that's interesting, David, that you brought that up because we are right now focused on a very, very exciting project for Haiti. And after the tsunami, after 9-11 and after Katrina, there were millions of kids nationwide who wanted to give back, but there was no vehicle, no opportunity, no way. There was frustration on the part of the children because they could not, there was no way for them to help out after Katrina if they lived in Idaho or wherever. So we, we are working on a, right now, we're, we're uh, uh, proposing to the President of the United States that he have a, a, a sports summit. We're calling it the, uh, the White House Sports Summit for Haiti, and, and, and it would show the, the NBA and the NFL and, and, and NASCAR, maybe, and PGA and whatnot, how these organizations could do things in every school across the country that would, that would let kids get involved in doing fundraising activities that are fun, but they would also raise money for Haiti, and the kids would feel fantastic about doing these things. And so we are, um, I just came back from Washington, and we are putting together an entire proposal to give to President Obama to ask him to uh, please uh, host a, a White House sports summit whereby um, he invites the, these organizations, 14 different trade associations, to the White House, and then we share with them what each one of these can do at the community level. And, and this does not exist, by the way. There's, the NBA, we're asking the NBA to put on a basketball tournament in 25,000 high schools on the same day. <laughs> and they, there's no, the NBA doesn't do anything like that. They don't have a nationwide grassroots community service project. So, so uh, it, there, there, is a, there is a need for young people to be able to give back after something like the earthquake in Haiti. So it helps the kids because they feel like heroes, and it helps Haiti because hopefully we'll raise millions of dollars over time. Now, um, if we look at this strategy, which uh, frankly is an amazing one that can change the lives uh, of the children who are our, definitely our future, are there any drawbacks that you can foresee where you bring the kids through these programs, they become involved in the communities, they start... Uh, cherishing each other as human beings, but then possibly you uh, bump into a uh, into a wall because there are not the jobs for these children once they get into their late teens or their early twenties, where they could lose faith. Um, how can we counter that? How can we we put something into effect that that uh, you know involves that scenario? Well, uh, I'm involved in an organization called Service Nation, which is addressing that very problem by uh, encouraging more young people to have careers in public service, where they work for a nonprofit, they work for Habitat for Humanity, or they work for the Salvation Army, American Legion, or something like this. Not the American Legion so much, but but um, American Red Cross, whereas they they uh, have a life of service. And and, uh, and and it's so rewarding. I mean, I I am passionate about what I do. I I love my job. 
we've been blessed with five young people, and I, I, I'm not happy with the legacy that my generation is leaving for the next generation. And so I, I, I am very, very passionate about what I'm doing, and there's a great opportunity for young people to serve in uh, community service and public service uh, throughout throughout this country, and which again, you know, helps the young people and helps the country at the same time. Could it could it be uh, therefore <clears throat> a natural progression and a given that that will become more of a country, and indeed the world will become uh, made up more of charities in the future of of public service of volunteering. Um, given that there may not be the jobs out there in the future, could could that become a reality? Oh, very much so. I was um, I was invited up to New York City for some nine uh, eleven events when uh, when uh, we had a commemoration dedicating nine eleven as a national day of remembrance and service, and so there is a very strong emphasis on what you have just said, engaging young people in community service. And, and, and making that a making that a career path. Do you think that it's um, essential to be frank with young people? I mean, I'm certainly not when they're six, seven, eight years old, but frank enough to admit to them, look, we've we've really made a, a, a botch up of this, and we're really looking to you now to not only follow uh, the the plans and the objectives that you are providing. Uh, that we're providing for you, but but more than that, that you are now rebirthing this world, and we're now looking at you directly to come up with definitive solutions. Absolutely, the, the young people of today are smarter than you can possibly imagine. They've grown up with a, a computer in their crib, and and they 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 just they're they're just so bright. And, and so we don't have to tell them anything that they don't already know. What we need to bring to them is hope, hope that things can get better, hope that the inner cities of America can be changed by, by engaging children when they're very, very young and keeping them from getting involved with the gangs and the other things. Um, you know, we, we need hope. We all need hope. And, and uh, we, we think that when, when America fully understands what we are doing at America's All-Stars, that it will give people hope, people who maybe have lost hope for, for what, what this country was and can be again. What would you say to the parents? Um, I, I think it's uh, being realistic and, and open and transparent to say that um, uh, parents right now are probably terribly worried um, in many cases, probably without jobs, um, what would your be message of hope to them in what you're doing and, and exactly how you would like them to participate in this? Well, I think that, for, first of all, um, we have a very uh, uh, close-knit family with our, with our children, and we have always wanted to know where they were, at at all times and i think they sometimes felt like we were too strict because we didn't let them just hang out and and get involved in in negative behaviors and and young people uh will will follow your lead 
sort of unconsciously or subconsciously, if you raise the bar for a young person, whether it's academics or whether it's uh, after-school activities at a school, uh, like at uh, music or the band or, or some kind of activity, if you can engage the young person and keep him or her engaged, uh, then over time this will start to have uh, a, a, a positive impact on the culture of this country, and, and the young people of, a, of the country will start to see that and be aware of that and be encouraged by that, I think. Would you agree that at the moment this country is in dire circumstances, uh, not necessarily pointing at the economic reality here, but but also because in large part to the state of humanity, to the, um, the, the way that a lot of people are almost at the point of uh, not wanting to do something because they're, they're so inactive and so um, uh, in fear of what is occurring. David, we, we have in, in Orlando, my, my hometown, my small, precious little Orlando, which is no longer so small, we have enough 14-year-old girls in Orlando who give birth uh, each year to build a new school in Orlando each year. And um, I know uh, a friend of mine out in Hawaii uh, was talking to a young girl who was 11 years old, and uh, she was pregnant. And, and the girl, my friend said, well, what about your, uh, your friend? Uh, she couldn't remember her name. And, and so what about your other friend who's, who, who, who's 11 and who's pregnant? And then the little girl said, which one? Now, when we have 11-year-old girls getting pregnant, we need, to, we need to stop and back up and say that something is dreadfully wrong. We need to make a commitment to, as a nation, our presentation talks about making character education priority one for the entire nation. And so what we need to do is bring one entire generation of young people we say from kindergarten to 12th grade, clean. And when you're talking about clean, are you pointing uh, to the most pivotal problem that we have in society at the moment as being drugs? Um, we had an expression when I was growing up about keeping your nose clean. And what, what that meant was everything. It meant staying out of trouble. It meant uh, not getting involved in drugs, not not getting involved in gangs, not not stealing, and not getting involved in in uh, activities that might lead to uh, you know to pregnancy or whatever. So uh, we we look at that when we say stay clean, stay in school, and strive for excellence. We're looking at the broad spectrum of behaviors that uh, it's not just limited to drugs. Uh, many, many young people are, uh, face challenges every day that have never even used drugs whatsoever. Um, they're, they're the challenges that these children face today we would have never imagined in, in, my, in my youth and my childhood. What can we tell our children now? <clears throat> How can we infuse in them 
the aspirations to make this a better country, to make this a better world, to believe in themselves now? Wow, that that is a uh, that is a big big question and a big task, and we believe that phase one for all stars anyway is to engage them in projects and 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 activities that will make them feel important and we feel that if we can do that for an entire generation which may take 13 years as i've said or longer that we can we can see a, a brighter day when the young people feel really good about doing good um so it's 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 a, it's a huge challenge, it's a huge task, but we cannot not do it. So as adults, we, notwithstanding our <clears throat> failures, I suppose, we have to lead the way to the point where you, you reach the benchmark where these children that we have now who are so precious can actually turn around to us and say, okay, you can hand over the baton now, we can run with this. Absolutely. Young people are 20% of our population, but they're 100% of our future. And we have to make sure that they are equipped to take the reins, that we hand off the baton to them, and that they can take it and do a better job than we've done. Now, what is your uh, strategy um, in the years to come here, Brian? What, uh, what are the immediate objectives, and, and how are you um, putting all of this into action? Well, we have uh, uh, we have a, 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 a what I call a national strategy for the crisis of character in America. It's a it's a 102 page business plan to involve every uh, police department, every mayor, every governor, every senator, every congressman. We I, I've developed a plan to create a win-win situation for virtually every person in America to be a part of this national strategy for the crisis of character in America and to make character education priority one for the entire country. Is it important, with that said, to bring our focus at the moment back to this country rather than worrying too much about the uh, crisis, that, um, the many crises that, that we see abroad? The, uh, I'm going to say yes, but no, because what happens is young people who are passionate about helping, for example, the Haiti, the earthquake in Haiti, there are so many young people across America that would like to help with that. And so this is, in essence, a global community service project. And there's the environment, which is a global issue. And so by planting trees and doing things here, we are actually making the world a better place. I suppose that if you, if you look at... Uh, human beings, we're, we're all insecure, we all have our failures, and we all have our gifts that, that, that God gives us. Um, uh, is it important to uh, establish with these children at the outset that it's, imp it's vital that they believe in themselves first before they help others? No, 
No, they, by helping others, they will believe in themselves. So, in other words, um, the paramount message here is that we must create that volunteering strategy, that helpful strategy, and that community service uh, very urgently. Absolutely, and and we're uh, we're we're asking people to partner with us uh, financially uh, to help us underwrite the cost of of this event at the White House. We 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 have uh, not actually presented this to the White House yet. Um, we we are hoping that the president will uh, respond favorably to it's an it's a it's a very ambitious but very doable task to to invite these these uh, fourteen trade associations to the White House and then to show show them what they can do at the grassroots level and and they can they, that can happen this year these uh, we're talking about the world's largest bowlathon every bowling alley in America on the same day the world's largest golf tournament on all the golf courses across America on the same day and each trade association does has its blinders on and all the NBA focuses on their event in the high schools, and they don't have to worry about what the PGA is doing over here for a golfing event. And so it is, there is an urgency and there is a desperate need uh, for our young people to give back. And so we, we can capitalize on this moment in time when we can reach out to millions of kids and give them an opportunity to help with Haiti. What that does for Haiti is, is phenomenal, but what it does for the young people is so exciting because they have that sense of satisfaction. As I said earlier, they feel like heroes for helping Haiti. Interestingly enough, what um, are your, in, in winding down the program, Brian, what are your greatest memories from childhood that you could so wish that as part of your mandate that you, you could see these young children enjoying as well? Well, I think from, from my <laughs> perspective, you know, having grown up in a small town of Orlando and having, uh, you know, being a part of the post-war baby boom, we, there were just children everywhere. And we had literally every single day after school, there was either a baseball game going on or a softball game or something. Uh, we, we played uh, touch football right in, my, <laughs> in our front yard. And so we had a sense of community, and we were always outdoors. We weren't, uh, we weren't uh, inside on our, you know, computers and Facebook and all that. So, so what we need to do is rebuild in this country a sense of community. And, and we want to do that through uh, community service projects where kids can roll up their sleeves and they can work together to make the world a better place. What is your final vision and message for anybody listening to this and anybody who is going to uh, touch the amazing vision of America's All-Stars? Well, uh, first of all, I want to thank you very much and Voice of America for having us on today. And, and we'd love to come back at some future time and give you a progress report on all the wonderful things that we think are going to be happening in the very near future. What like any other organization, this is a startup organization. It's been it's been uh, we've been working on it for several years, but it's still 
in its infancy, and so the finances are critical. We're, we're encouraging people to go to our website, uh, which is our, our, our website address is goallstars.org, goallstars, all one word, goallstars.org, and donate $10 and help us get this White House summit uh, underway if the, if the president resonates with this, and we think that he will. And, uh, and, 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 and then by showing the NFL and the NBA and these others what they can do, that will their 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 donation will be multiplied many many times at the grassroots level. So uh, the financing, the the funding is is just the the crippling the uh, uh, thing that would slow us down from achieving the uh, goals and objectives that we've discussed here today. Well, I strongly believe in uh, listening to you and uh, uh, researching this that um, we can all be very hopeful for the future and feeling very empowered um, for the future of our children. Brian Rockmore of America's All-Stars, I thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you, David. And to our listeners, I hope that you have enjoyed this as much as I have. You can get information on this and any other program in the series at davidgibbons.org. There is also a blog page that you can uh, set out uh, any questions for any of our guests, and I'm sure that they're going to be extremely happy to respond to any when they have a chance. Meanwhile, wherever you are in this world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management